KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Jay, these COVID regulation changes are just happening so fast. It's like it's making my head spin at this point. One minute we're wearing masks and then oh, you got to get vaccinated. Well, you still should get vaccinated, but now we're wearing masks. Now we're not wearing masks. You, sh- you need to be vaccinated to come in here. Now you don't. A whole lot of things are changing as as is life in a pandemic. But now it's like we're entering seemingly a new phase of this whole thing. It's incredible to me just where we were about, what, four to six weeks ago where there was concern and new rules tightening down because of the Omicron wave that was hitting the country. And now here we are looking ahead to spring where things might be loosening up. I can't say personally that I'm totally at ease and comfortable with this, but I'm encouraged because I do believe in the science and the numbers, and those two things are trending in the right directions. The reason we're talking about this is because the city of Philadelphia just announced new guidelines that they're removing the vaccine requirement for indoor dining and adding a $100 incentive to go out there and get that vaccination. But this is just all so difficult to keep track of. So... We're going to turn today into your one-stop shop for all the latest COVID guidance, whether you live here in the city, whether you're somewhere else in the Commonwealth, or you're off in New Jersey, as of today, Thursday, February 17th. Hey, y'all, I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And this is the Johncast. We'll be talking with KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb to break down the latest updates here in the city, and KYW Sadas Kuznets is going to join us to give us the reaction from restaurants. But first, we got a quick update on a story we talked about yesterday where Asantewa Nkrumah Ture was illegally being forced out of her home in Southwest Philly. Now, she filed an emergency injunction, and on Wednesday afternoon, the court ruled in her favor. So that new owner, that pleasant individual that was walking in there with the boxes Mm -hmm. who had such lovely things to say to her, he has to give her until March 16th, 30 days, one month from now, for her to be able to move out. As it should be. You know, I can't believe it took this much, but luckily they were able to turn around this court case really quickly. The judge straight up said to the new owner, you had no right to move in. So it is clear. That story, it hit me, of course, we know in a very particular place, but it's good to see that at least she'll get an opportunity to move and be able to get out of there and do so with dignity and not be treated like she's just trash being thrown out on the street. Might be able to move out with dignity, but not without pressure. I mean, 30 days, quite frankly, is not a whole heck of a lot of time to pack up your life and find a new place, especially in this market. So great to hear that there's been a stay in the movement, but I still feel for her because this is going to be quite the scramble, I would think, for her to get out of her place and find a new one. Now, the rules and restrictions around COVID, meanwhile, they've been rapidly changing over the last few weeks. We go from the city over to New Jersey, where they're going to be getting set to lift their school mask mandate coming up on March 7th. And KYW's South Jersey reporter Mike Doherty spoke with some administrators in a number of districts, and they're taking varied approaches to how they're going to do this whole mask thing. In Camden, masking will remain for the rest of the school year. Superintendent Katrina McCombs says the last thing she wants is for schools contributing to any community spread. Many of us are facing masking fatigue, and so what we're going to do is just continue to message that we're trying to make sure everyone stays safe. Millville Superintendent Tony Trongone says he's likely to make masks optional. As the president of the Superintendents Association, he says other school administrators want more help from the state on mitigation tactics. What will remain? Uh, how will we track COVID-like you know, symptoms and COVID, COVID-like illnesses? Will we still maintain contact tracing? 
uh, will we still be doing testing? This has to be a tough decision. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I've talked about watching my mother up in Massachusetts, who's a superintendent, have to decide how to handle these things. It's going to be tough for these schools, but it is up to them at this point. Now, as a reminder, just to catch you up on everything else, New Jersey recommends but they do not require masks in most indoor settings, only in certain high-risk places. Staff in pre-K through 12 schools and healthcare facilities are required to be vaccinated or test one to two times per week. More information on the guidelines in New Jersey are at covid19.nj.gov. It gets a little confusing because, yeah, remember, we live with three different states. Can't forget our friends down in Delaware. We have three different states in this area. Each one has their own rules. And even when you break it down, for example, in the PA suburbs, in the Philly suburbs, we know that a court recently ruled that the Perkiomen Valley schools must enforce masking. That's because of that ruling that involves the Americans with Disabilities Act. But it's still on a district by district basis. KYW's Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melwork talked to Dr. Darren Marinas at Einstein Medical Center, who said rolling back restrictions might actually be a good thing. Basically, there is some risk to unmasking indoors. But if there's not a lot of community spread at that time, there's there's less risk. It's only fair and reasonable that we decrease mitigation measures when the amount of COVID in the community declines. I'll be honest with you. And if this ultimately leads to big picture, as long as people are safe, less judgment and hostilities, as long as the numbers are pointing in the right direction, the ability to reduce hostilities and tensions that have arisen as a result of this pandemic can put us on a path towards getting back to a a more all-encompassing, better life, quality of life. Now, checking in on Pennsylvania's statewide rules, they seem pretty loose to me at the moment. There's no statewide indoor mask requirement, school mask requirement, or vaccine requirement for restaurants. So all of that information, if you live in the Pennsylvania suburbs, health.pa.gov. And if we have any listeners in Delaware, coronavirus.delaware.gov is the website for there. Now, yesterday, the city of Philadelphia announced some big changes when it comes to COVID precautions. And we're joined now by KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb to talk about it. Now, Pat, kind of give us a breakdown of this. What should people know about these changes and just how will it affect everyday life here in the city? Okay, so yesterday the city announced how it's going to move forward to the post-pandemic and how it's going to decide when to impose restrictions and when to lift restrictions. And it's all going to be based on numbers. It's the numbers that they've been giving us all along. It's a combination of data. It's new cases. It's the percent of tests coming back positive and it's hospitalizations. So for the first time, these numbers will have a meaning beyond like sheer numbers. People will be able to chart the course of the numbers and see like, are we heading toward more restrictions or are we heading toward less restrictions? So it's it's kind of an overdue thing, but I, I think it took, they have been working on it for a long time and it took them a long time to decide exactly what numbers were right. Pat, can you get into the numbers a little bit more? What exactly are city officials looking at that's the most compelling data for them? Okay, it's specific numbers, and it has to be three out of four things going on. So it's new cases. To get to the all clear, new cases have to be under 100 a day. Uh, The percent of positive tests has to be under 3%, and hospitalizations have to be under 50. So the expectation is 
that we'll get to the numbers of new cases first and that everything else will sort of follow there, the hospitalizations are the lagging indicator. So that'll be the last thing to go. The fourth element that they're looking at, though, is the rate of increase. And that is if cases increase by 50% very quickly, that's going to be a bad sign to them. So, so right now we're about a 150 cases. If suddenly tomorrow we had 225, the vaccine mandate would go back on indoor dining. <laughs> You just mentioned there that the numbers are playing like a huge role in this, but was anything else factored into it, say such things as a local economy? I know you said that the businesses were clamoring for this. How does the city think that will maybe how much of a positive change do they think they're going to have when it comes to businesses here in Philadelphia? Well, they've always wanted to be as least restrictive as possible, but they also want to protect public health. So I don't think that they were protecting particularly thinking about businesses when they set the numbers. They were primarily thinking about public health. But the act of setting the numbers and saying to businesses, look, you can watch as we chart these numbers day to day and you can see how things are going and you can predict whether you're going to be able to have people come in and dine indoors without having to check vaccine ID cards. That's, that was kind of the commerce decision that they made. But the numbers themselves, I think, are guided by good public health practice. I'm curious about this incentive. So they're giving $100 to people who complete their first two rounds of the vaccine. Has anybody been sort of like, hey, I did that early on and I didn't get paid. Why are you getting the money? Well, I, you know, of course, I can't speak for that. Some people might be angry about that. But as a vaccinated person and and Sabrina, you, you as a vaccinated person, think about it. Would you rather have everyone fully vaccinated or would you rather have $100? So if this is what it takes to get everyone fully vaccinated, I say give them their $100 and God bless them. Also, this is a CDC program. It's kind of a federal effort. Pat, what can we expect next, basically? What is the next possible rollback that we could be looking at in the city of Philadelphia? Well, that would be dropping the mask mandate. And, you know, Dr. Bettigal, the health commissioner, is pretty optimistic about that. I think it's fair to say that we could be mask free in a few weeks. I don't think we can promise that because we just can't predict the behavior of this virus. So if you look at what cases have done in the last six weeks, six weeks ago, we were over 3,500 new cases a day. It was the highest it had been in the entire two years of the pandemic. Today, we're at about 150 new cases a day. That's in six weeks. Last week, when they started working on these numbers, we were over 500 new cases a day. As of last Friday, today we're at 150. I mean, the, the rate of drop is just so steep. It's very clear to me that we're, we're kind of through this Omicron surge. Pat, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little bit more insight into what the city has been doing to be able to finally start to look forward into the next phase of this pandemic where hopefully maybe it becomes more endemic. That's Pat Loeb, KYW News Radio City Hall Bureau Chief. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Jay. And that change will probably affect daily life most in places that serve food and drinks indoors. 
since they no longer have to require vaccinations. KWW's Adas Kuznets caught up with several restaurant owners to see what their reactions are, and she'll join us here on the JohnCast when we come back. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. And this is the John Cast. And we've been talking about the changes that the city of Philadelphia just announced to its COVID restrictions. And they've had a huge effect on restaurants, which now no longer need to check your vaccine status when you want to come through and grab dinner. So we've decided to bring in our dining expert, KYW News Radio's Hadas Kuznets, the host of the What's Cooking podcast, to tell us what this means for the city's food scene. Hadas, you talked to a lot of restaurant owners yesterday. Were they surprised by this? I would say that some people were because when I called them, some people were still trying to figure out what they thought about it. So to me, that reads as, yeah, we're not sure yet. We're still figuring it out. So what's their reaction been to this? I know it's been tough the last couple of years and a lot of restaurants were in some pretty significant financial straits. Even with the vaccine and the mask thing, their employees had to deal with crap from customers who didn't want to mask up, didn't want to get vaccinated. What is their reaction? Are they happy about this? Are are some of them still just going to keep checking for Vax cards anyway, regardless of whether you have to do it or not? Okay, so this is interesting because I know that it feels like forever, but it's been like seven weeks. So not even two months that vaccination, a proof of vaccination has been required in Philadelphia. You know, I spoke with a, a good handful of, of people. Now, the most of the people say it's good. But some of the people say that they're going to just continue to ask for vaccination cards, uh, at least until they figure out what their customers want. Now, it's interesting because before the city said that they wanted to you know, make proof of vaccination a requirement, restaurant owners were saying, like, why are we why do we have to be the villain, the bad guy, the gatekeepers, you know, when it would be so much easier if the city did it? And then we could just say, oh, it's just a city requirement. Um, So I I got the sense seven weeks ago that restaurant owners wanted this. um, But now I'm getting the sense that because the situation has changed, COVID has changed a little bit, um, that restaurant owners say, you know what, this is a good thing. Now, there is they're still figuring it out because uh, like I spoke with Joe Joppy Ferrone, he's the director of operations at B Company. That's like Silk City, Frankie Bradley's. And he initially was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. You know, we're going to go by the recommendations of the city. And then later on, he, you know, he reaches out to me again and he says. After speaking with the managers and the owner um, and uh, members of our staff, we've decided that we're going to continue to ask for proof of vaccination uh, just for the foreseeable future to kind of gauge the temperature of of it out there with both our guests and our, our staff members. Um, we'd like to get some feedback on the guests and see if it um, is something that they actually prefer, which we feel that, that that may be the case. It sounds like these restaurants are kind of taking different things into account here because it a lot can happen very quickly. If we see cases suddenly spike, go up again, everything could fall right back into place like we're hitting the reset button. How are restaurants working through, I guess, this whole rapidly changing environment? They're taking into consideration some of the metrics that the city put out there, but they're also taking taking into consideration their own like personal circumstances. So you got a place like Harvest Seasonal Grill and Wine Bar. I spoke with the CEO Dave McGrogan. For him, um, all of these you know precautions have been like a bit much. COVID was one issue, but how Philadelphia chose to respond to COVID 
added, added further damage to struggling industries and to the city. So it hurt the very people they said they were trying to help. Now, Harvest is a giant restaurant. Uh, they have places in the city, they have places in the suburbs. They're, they're very big. Uh, you also have places like uh, Aldo Lamberti's Family of Restaurants. I spoke with Rosita Lamberti. Um, they also have places in Philly and in southern New Jersey. I have been saying as of late that it is time to get back to normal. It has been a little bit confusing. Um, you know, there's a lot of, in general, a lot of guests who live in the suburbs tra- go to Philadelphia to to dine out. And it seems, it, it's actually surprising, um, but a lot of people weren't aware. People who didn't live in Philadelphia weren't aware there was a vaccine mandate. Derek Gibbons of Blue Hospitality, he has, uh, you know, a couple of places, particularly one in Northern Liberty that is very spacious. I'm definitely excited. Uh, you know, one, I think it means that uh, people aren't getting as sick, uh, which is a great thing, obviously, for everyone. And, you know, it's just going to open the doors to more customers. Um, you know, I think at this point, if people feel, you know, if they're uncomfortable coming out, they're not going to come out anyway. And, and you know, now it gives uh, people more options, which I think is, uh, you know, a step in the right direction. So for them, like if you ask for proof of vaccination, it, it doesn't make much of a difference because you're close to just the people that you're eating with. So you, you have to be worried about who you're eating with more than who else is there. But then you have uh, a tiny little place like Moosey BYOB. My name's Ari Miller. I am the chef owner of Moosey BYOB. We have a tiny space. We have a, you know, a HEPA air filter um, and, and little ventilation beside that. And it's got regulars, regular clientele that want to go there anyway. And they say that they feel comfortable that knowing that everybody that is sitting so close to them is vaccinated. So they, that clientele likes it. There has to be a level of trust that we've established with our guests to have them feel that sense of comfort and safety to sit with us and take their mask off and enjoy themselves. You know, Silk City, Frankie Bradley's, those are like bars and clubs. And so, like, it seems logical that if you're like up against people or you're, you know, three deep at the bar, I don't know what they're doing these days. I haven't been out in a while, but I know that people are out dancing. That group of people might feel more comfortable knowing that everybody around them is vaccinated, especially if you're mingling and talking to people that are not in your own little group. So it depends on what the setup is. What are you doing there? Are you sitting? Are you dancing? Are you drinking? Is it small? Is it large? All of that makes a difference. You know, Hadassah, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you've been able to talk to customers at restaurants or maybe just speaking from like your experience as someone who goes to restaurants. I'm curious what the customer side of this is going to be. You know, do you think people are more comfortable going out to eat now because they know that officials are saying, okay, it's probably safe? Or are there people who are going to be less comfortable because there's not that guarantee that everyone around them is vaccinated anymore? Well, there's an element to that. I mean, uh, Rosita Lamberti was saying the reason that the city made this, you know, dropped this regulation is because, you know, things are getting better. But it also, just like the restaurants, everybody has their own personal situation. So if you're like me and you have a child under the age of five that cannot yet get vaccinated, or if you have somebody in your family that is immunocompromised, or you're living with an elderly, you know, family member, you might be a little more cautious and you might not want to eat indoors. However, 
Derek Gibbons was saying this. Um, like, look at the timing. It, it's the perfect timing. The weather's getting better. We're going into the spring season, into the summer season. So people are still going to go out. You can go and sit outdoors. You know, people that might not eat indoors uh, might feel more comfortable sitting outdoors. So, you know, there is going to be a lot of activity because this is the season for it. If anybody's been in the city of Philadelphia today alone, it feels more like April out there today. It's really warm. So this feels almost like a preview of what we've got coming when we get to the spring and start heading closer to summer. Jay, these are the these are the times that Philadelphians love. I mean, it's always pre-COVID. It's always been you get a great day and everybody oh, yeah. pulls their tables out. This is the <laughs> this is the time for people watch to hang out. You it, know, people get like happier. We're staying away from the word normal because none of this is normal, but we're trying to kind of have a different reality set in. Have any other places kind of made changes that they want to make permanent, like regardless of how this pandemic goes? I mean, I would say that some of the permanent changes have been some of the moves that they made at the beginning of the pandemic heading into the first winter where they invested in heat lamps and invested like some places like put in permanent, like they really put a lot of money into uh their outdoor dining. And I don't think that that's going away. So it used to be that outdoor dining was from like March to November. Now it's like heading into year round, like, you know, all the way through the holiday season. And then, you know, put on your coat, put on your snowsuit. We're sitting outdoors in January and drinking outside. And Philadelphia is becoming an outdoor dining city year round. And I think that like the rest of it, as far as indoor dining, that's going to be dictated by the customer. I think that what restaurant owners have realized is that um, if you want to be successful, you ha- it, it all depends on your customer. You- safety has to be number one. They've always known that. The restaurant industry has always had very high standards of safety when it comes to like, uh, you know, hand washing and uh, food safety. But now there's also other layers of health safety that come with COVID. And if your customers don't feel comfortable, coming into your establishment, then they're not going to come. So safety is going to depend on like your particular establishment. Do you have an old restaurant that you can't like do those, like change uh, the, you know, the air filtration systems? Do you have windows in your restaurant? How big is your restaurant? Are you able to update it? Can you keep spacing? So their like protocols are going to be dictated by the comfort of their customers. That's always been important, but even more so, like if people don't feel comfortable, they're not coming out, but they have to like listen to what their customers want. But yeah, I would say outdoor dining. That's a very long way of saying (laughs) outdoor dining is not going away. Good. I really hope that that sticks around. Those heat lamps can be pretty warm. I think it's it's worth doing that pretty far into the year. It's a really they've they've mastered a lot of this in places now where you can go out there and you're not completely freezing and it's a little bit more isolated. It's like a whole booth. You get a whole spot to yourself. Where I love those like igloos. People are not on top of you. Yes. That's a great thing. I mean, definitely looking forward to spring and summer and and just like being out and about more and feeling feeling like the world is waking up again, you know? One more thing is, sure. that, you know, it's interesting because I did also, re- I reached out to like a bunch of people, like big names, like Jose Garces, like Avram Hornick. And they, they told me they're, they can't make a decision yet. They have to talk to all of their staff. They're still figuring it out. So if you're going out this weekend, if you're going into Philly, and you're not sure whether or not to bring your Vax card, call ahead. I mean, 
just take a picture of it and have it on your phone. But if you're not sure like what the protocol is, if you have people with you that may not be vaccinated, call ahead and find out because it's not all the same. When in doubt, just bring the Vax card with you anyway. Just in case, it's better to have it with you and not need it than not have it and definitely need it. That's Hadas Kuznets. Thank you so much. You can find her at Hadas Kuznets on Twitter. Plus, be on the lookout for the What's Cooking podcast. You can find that here on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. Thank you for joining us. We'll check you out tomorrow.